Okay, I am so excited for this episode. If you've heard any of our episodes where I've been asked who I want as a guest on this show, our guest today is the person that I've answered with each time. So I think we should just get right into it. We actually... I'm here too. Hi, hi everyone. Yes. I'm here often. And just for context... (laughs) For context, Justin told me he did not have a check-in for this episode, so I was not ignoring him, even though... Only a little. He's a little straight. Um, this episode is going to be gay. I just want to, like, let you know that now. Happy Pride Month. Happy Pride Wait, Month. Should, it's coming in... Yes. We should say why right yes. now. Yes. So, this episode is coming out in Pride Month, which we are very serious about, and you know we're serious about it because we don't change our logo to the rainbow. That's how you know we're actually... We're actually... Gay. I'm I'm gay. Um, anyways, that's that's not we, the way I want to tell people. Maybe we'll put that in the bloopers. Um, I kind anyways. of before we bring in our guest though, I do know that you went to Target the other day because they're kind of notorious for some of that stuff. Did you see anything of note that you want to report on the show this episode? I didn't, but not not nothing noteworthy. I did. I mean, a week ago, yeah. I I or a couple weeks ago now, I went and saw the Live Laugh lesbian shirt in person. <laughs> So good, so good. Um, you saw a nice bathrobe too. I did. You I wore a bathrobe. I tried. It, I tried it on. Um, I didn't buy it because I have to go home and there's already enough stuff in my Mary Poppins bag, which you all saw. We're in person today. We are in person. All that. three We're of us of are state. in person. We are out of state. Shall we just get right into it? Let's do it. Perfect. Okay, so we actually have two guests on the show today. The first one is white, it's large, and it's not ready to come out yet. It's the massive pimple on my forehead. No, I'm kidding. I'm joking. But we do have Julia Joseph, who, as I said before, I have wanted on this show since the very beginning, the very first episode. She graduated from Loyola University, Maryland in 2018. She worked in campus ministry where she met myself her senior year, my sophomore. She works in construction, which I'm not going to say it, but... For all the queers, we know. And then she is also a dog mom to Olive and lives with her partner of six years in Maryland. So please help me welcome to the show, Point of View, you're familiar with it, Julia Joseph. Welcome. I am so thrilled to be here. Did you like that intro? I loved that Perfect. intro. Perfect. I might cry about that intro, Perfect. to be honest. I mean, I'm me too, because this is really hurting. I'm not going to lie. It's like, <laughs> and it's not, by by not ready to come out, I've been trying to get it all day, and it just will not, it's not ready. <laughs> and Sounds also, like an I, allegory, right? Right, right. And I've been staying in someone else's house, so like, I really can't be like in the mirror being like, oh yeah, like, you know. <laughs> Actual you know, sounds. This is weird yeah. having an audience in person, like everybody looking at me now. I feel like I'm being judged. I think what I miss from just listening week to week is all of the physical notions that happen in yeah. the studio. Yes. I have loved being part of this so far. <laughs> I love that. Well, I've loved having you here, and it's almost over. No, I'm kidding. I did tell you that it takes, it does go by quickly, these episodes. But yeah, today we just wanted to talk about, since it's Pride Month, coming out the process of coming out and also queerness as it pertains to faith and the intersection between the two. So let's just 
be gay for the next 45 minutes. Yeah. Do you want to talk first about how you... Should we talk about how we identify both? First of all, we should probably all do pronouns. We haven't done pronouns yeah. since, like, the very beginning of the show, and that's something that I take and responsibility for. And just be as we enter this type of conversation, how everyone kind of comes Identifies, out. yeah. So, let's... Want to let our guests... Oh, my God, or? yes, but... Yes, but before we do, more important questions than that. <laughs> if you were a fruit, I can't believe I almost forgot. What fruit would you be? And why? I have thought about this question every episode, every week since the first time you asked this question. Um, and my answer is going to be gay. Uh, Perfect. If I were a fruit, and people have said it before, I would be an apple. Mm-hmm. Uh, my reasoning is that I recently found out that I'm allergic to raw apples. Me too. Oh. You are? Is it that, um, what like is it called? Oral allergy oral syndrome? Allergy syndrome. <laughs> Not oral. Dumb name yeah. to me, first of all. Second of all, uh, I'm allergic to raw apples, but once they're baked, it's totally fine. Mm-hmm. It's like me and, and milk. Ex- milk, is it? really? You didn't know this? Oh my God, we'll talk you about this. You can have one. cooked milk? Yes. Yeah, The pro- I'm allergic to a protein in it once it's cooked out. Lactose? No, um, casein. Interesting. Well, we can talk about that later. This is not about... <laughs> this is about how I am... A minority in another way. Uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. I don't... Anyways. So you might cut that out. But maybe not. So I'm allergic to raw apples. Once they're cooked, it's, you know, all fine. Okay. Uh, I think that that's, like, a pretty good allegory of, like, yeah, and, you know, when you're just a kid and you don't know anything about who you are, you have to mature and evolve, and then, like, Ooh. you're not itchy in your own skin anymore you know Ooh. plus i just happened to be partnered with someone that makes the most amazing apple crumble so <gasps> she like... cooks you i'm kidding <laughs> <laughs> so like things are amazing you know so I I, if i were a fruit i would be an apple, apple. love that i love That's that and i love how it was shortened to the point because none of us have been able to do that like you were ready I don't think we've had a single guest be ready for that no. question. No. That was great. And and we've had guests that have listened to the show before. I was going to say, it tells who listens to the it show does, before we have sure. them on versus guests who have never listened before. <laughs> so less important are sexualities. Um, I... No, just... Would you like to go first how you enter, and we can do pronouns too, how you enter this space, and only what you're comfortable with, of course. Absolutely. So uh, my pronouns are she, her... And I identify as bisexual. So uh, that is the B in LGBT, and that means that I'm attracted to two genders. Um, for me, those two genders happen to be uh, female and male. And um, there are, of course, a lot of different ways that people can identify as bisexual, but that's what it means for me. Mm-hmm. And in terms of gender identity, cisgender, transgender? And... Oh, thank you, Justin. Uh, yes, cisgender. Okay. Thank you. And for those who don't know, that means that um, if you are cisgender, you identify with the gender that you were assigned, or the sex you were assigned at birth. Yes. Do you want to go next, or do you want me to? I can go next. Sure. Um, I go with pronouns he, him, his. I identify as a straight cisgender male man. All right. It's me. Hi. Um, you know <laughs> me. You love me. You hate me. I... So it's, it's Nick. I don't know if we said that. So I identify as gay, which... You know what? I'm not going to say it. I identify as... Well, oh, the G in LGBT. Yeah. I was going to make like a BLT joke, but I don't know what the G <laughs> is. Um, yeah, so the G. I am also a cisgender male. I use he, him, his. 
this is actually the first time I have come out on a public platform, officially. I've made a lot of innuendos, and I'm going to explain why. I've made a lot of jokes, I've made fruity jokes, which I'm going to explain why in a little bit. So, that's our story. I am so proud of you. Thanks! I feel like I'm not really doing anything right now, because it's just the three of us we've all known for like five years. It's just no one one else is here, but but your partner who is in the studio. I would recognize, though, that... We've had conversations around, and maybe we'll get into this because knowing where the conversation's going to go, where you've made it very intentional of not, I guess, quote, come out on mm-hmm. the show, but you've alluded to your sexuality. Yes, um, in a humorous way. I've exactly. tried to make it funny for people. But also you not having to feel like you have to come out. Mm. Um, and I'm sure, you know, the both of you can talk more about that in your own experiences in your own lives, but that's something that you've been very intentional about too, is not feeling like you have to come out on the show right just be who you are right should we talk about what it meant to each of us to come out i feel like that was do you want to go first do you want me to go first you're the guest you can go first if you want yeah, because ours both. Ours, interestingly enough, and stay tuned for this, keep listening, because they both intersect with faith, which is not always talked about, I feel. It might be in a unique situation for people that are listening. I definitely agree. I think a lot of the times when you are a queer person in a religious space, it's not always talked about in a way that's fun, certainly not <laughs> joyful. Um, And I think that I have certainly had the wonderful experience of it being a joyful thing in a religious context, but that comes with the privilege of not coming out until I was in college. Mm -hmm. For me personally, I knew pretty early on, I knew when I was 13, um, but I was dating a boy at the time and I thought, well, you know, I intend to marry this man. And so it doesn't matter. At 13. If I, could, I, I love that yeah, for you. Yeah, 13. I love that know, for you. You know, small town life. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so I was so sure that I was going to marry this boy, the first boyfriend I ever had. And uh, I didn't think that then it mattered if I came out or not. So it was something to easily put under the rug. Mm-hmm. But when we broke up in college, I had to face myself with that. Wow. We didn't know each other at the time, if that makes you no, feel better. No, 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 no. I, I, Meaning no, you and, and even if you Correct, did, yes. I want to get, I want to clarify that. Even if we did know each other, there are people that may hear this episode that I've known and been very close with for a long time that might be shocked. It's really, I don't think it has to do with how close you are to someone. It's, it's the dynamics. It's when you feel comfortable. It's totally like, I, I don't think I would honestly go, like, I don't think I would have a right to, I'm very for like feeling all things, but. I don't think I would have a right to be like, you didn't tell me and be serious about it. That would, yeah, no, no. I was just surprised that you dated someone from 14 to college. That's a long time. That's impressive oh. for, for a teenager. Oh, yeah. It was but, a very long time. It but, was, yeah. we were together for six years, and now my partner and I have been together for six years. And You're about so, to cross the threshold. Exactly. So she's really excited to, like, make the new record, you know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> new so. record! <laughs> Just confetti. Yeah. (laughs) I'm coming back with Six years and one day. You broke the record. (laughs) You had to face yourself. I had to face myself. I did. I had to understand what being 
bisexual meant for me also find that label in the first place and uh, I didn't find that until my sophomore year uh, what was really helpful for me was being surrounded by other queer people I think that just kind of happens to friend groups you know if you have one queer person in friend group chances are other people are going to learn more about themselves because you get the free education you know yeah. what I mean and when I came out to my friends everyone was so supportive because again there are already other queer people in this friend group and you just kind of experience the joy from there mm -hmm. i have always been really involved with my catholic faith and the church so being able to have a sort of secular relationship with my queerness was wonderful but it was really difficult to translate that into a religious relationship with my queerness and to do that I had to struggle with my faith in that and go on a retreat at Loyola and kind of pray about that directly I think of it as coming out to God too uh, and I swear I swear on my life that when I did like verbalize in prayer that I wasn't straight and that I was queer to God, I swear that God laughed at me. Every time I think back on that, I, I swear that. So, because um, God already knows. Exactly. And if you believe, yeah, if you believe in the Catholic, I can only speak for the religion that we both subscribe to or, or, take, or are, right? If you believe God is all-knowing, then he already knows. Exactly. And that made me feel super safe and, and loved. Uh, in that moment, it didn't matter to me the rules that the Catholic Church has or the uh, doctrine that it enforces. I knew that I was safe and right with God. And so anything that I then pursued religiously or in my personal life from there on out was I don't really want to use the word kosher because that's not us, but, <laughs> but it was a Everything was was fine, you know? Everything was good. Everything was blessed from that moment on. I think we'll get into this too, but the concept of everyone being made in God's image too, not only mm -hmm. God being all-knowing, but believing that we're all made in God's image and we're all part of the, you know, the body of Christ and being part of that. And so I think that's part of that too, is that knowing that you're made in God's image as you are is just as important in that too. Absolutely. Oh, thank you so much for saying that. That was beautiful. Um, Nick, you were going to say something. No, I was just going to say, so it's interesting because I feel like you, your situation and my situation were mirrored and they literally meet at the intersection of faith on a retreat. It's very interesting because I had no issue with my faith journey and being gay. I had no issue with that. I had an issue with the non-religious part of it mm. because I I was like, what are my what is my family gonna think? I can never tell my friends I don't want to be with a man. It was a very strange thing. I didn't like know like you did. Like I wasn't like, oh, I'm 13 and I know. Like I was having those thoughts, but I was like, oh, I'm gonna marry a girl, you know? And then I'm gonna burp. Hold on one sec. All right, we're good. <laughs> I'm drinking Coke, sponsored by Coca-Cola Zero Sugar. I was going to um, say, no Dragon Whispers today. Yeah. Um, oh, my <laughs> God. I've also been, like, 
force-fed food all weekend. It was so good. Um, but I shout out to the person you stayed with. Yeah, no, she she planned the best food for us. It was so good. <laughs> I was more afraid of like, I don't even, first of all, want to be with a man. And it was interesting because I was like 16 at the time saying this, but I was picturing myself with like a, myself with like a 45 year old man. You know, like when I think of men, like I wasn't thinking of people my age and that's why I didn't want it. I was like, ew. And it was probably also internalized homophobia. But literally all of that switched for me when I went on the retreat that I briefly talked about last time. And I'm going to talk about one person in particular. It's not the person that I spoke about that I developed a huge crush for last episode or talked about developing a huge crush for it was somebody that i had always admired from afar in college or in high school excuse me this was in high school and he ended up being the leader the student leader of the retreat and i didn't know i wasn't friends with him i don't think i had ever talked to him until the retreat but I always admired him from afar he was just like a really really good person super sweet like just the friend group was also sweet so you could you just knew like these were the people that you wanted to hang out with and just they were good good people be clear um, this was not the person you said this was not the person that you wrote in a letter I love you yeah and that was just a that was not that was just poor wording I see and you yeah. as as go person. listen to the last episode because I yeah I messed that one up bad. Yeah. Um, But this person spoke about, the one I'm talking about now in this episode, spoke about coming out, which was also like, I, when I was like admiring him from afar, I guess, I didn't even know he was gay. Like I did not know. Um, We were like sophomores in high school and then this were, this was senior year, the retreat. So he spoke about it. And between him and the person that I developed feelings for, it really just on that, like I went into that retreat thinking, okay, if I open up at all, it's going to be about OCD. That was like my, and it was what I opened up on, on the retreat, but the person he might hate this now, I don't know, but he said, my goal on this retreat is to earn someone gay. Not like (laughs) actually, not actually, but he meant like help them, help them. Provide a comfortable enough space for someone to, if they're, Questioning, questioning their come up and so after their talk i wrote on their pad of paper where you like write the notes to them i was like you know, i was so awkward i was like i think you did what you set out to do haha like lol scratch out i think you did like whatever and then he was actually the first person beside my parents and therapist that i told and i told him through an email and I said, like, good job at the end. Like, congr- Like, you just don't know how much you helped me. And then he really did just kind of, like, just over text. But it was, you know, we were 17 or 18. So it was, like, just going through that unpacking after and, like, you know, telling people he was the first one. And so if he ever does hear this, I very much appreciate him. And I hope he's doing well, honestly. He's, he, which, that's what I wanted to talk about it. Because full circle, Julia is sitting right here, got to meet him at the right isn't that wild got to meet him at um the queer catholics conference um that loyola held our sophomore year i had she had invited me to the like redo prom basically and i said okay yeah i'll go that was part of the conference i only the went redo to the prom. prom for those who don't know is essentially a f- semi-formal formal dance opportunity for people to essentially redo their prom experience as 
someone who's a part of the LGBTQ community right. now, like uh, feeling more confident in who you are, right? Which, discovering yourself exactly, which okay. I didn't really need to do because shout out Delia, who is also queer, and I'm gonna bleep her name if she wants me to. I'm gonna ask her this beforehand, but awesome prom date twice. Um, <laughs> yeah, they were great, but I. Yeah, I wanted to bring that up because you got to you got to meet him. I so I texted him and I was like, "Hey, I just wanted to let you know, like, I'm going to this thing, and like, I just thought you'd be really proud to know because you're like you were the first person I've told, and this is you know, and and he was like, I'm going to OMG. He didn't go to Loyola. He went to a school far away from Loyola. Um, so it was just cool that you got to meet him, and that's really that's all I wanted to say there. But it was cool, and I mm. I loved being able to not just as someone that like we were discovering queerness together at the same time, but also as my friend to be able to meet parts of your life before we were friends is, right. is so cool. Right, and um, just a small part of my life, but a huge part of my life too, because that's such a big moment, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I, I think that Justin, you were about to get into what Ignatian Q is. Yes. So for those of you who don't know, the conference I guess that Nick was referring to is called Ignatian Q, and it's this conference. And both of you, correct me if I'm wrong. It's this conference that's put on by the Association of Jesuit Colleges and Universities. So it's not just Loyola and other schools around Loyola, but it's all of the Jesuit schools, colleges, and universities. High schools or not, not Jesuit high schools, no, but colleges and universities. Um, and each a different school hosts it every year, and Loyola happened to host it the year that you yes. attended, right? Nick? Yes. And so it's an opportunity for those who identify as within the LGBTQ community, um, allies as well. Yes. Are invited to I had two to dates. I had two dates. Okay. Uh, shout out, I guess Rachel. We'll get into that in a Rachel, <laughs> no, I just need to, you always need to give the shout outs, Maddie, who, okay. who you know, yeah. um, and Rachel, who was on episode. 14 of this show yes so. um so that's the conference that still goes on today if you yes. want to go i think fordham hosted this past year i don't know who's hosting in 2024 but we can advertise that too but yeah, yeah. it's uh, an incredible conference that really focuses on the that intersection between the jesuit faith jesuit education and your queer identity yeah. which is something that like i think the average person who perhaps is casual Catholic, uh, a Christian but not Catholic, the average gay person, you don't think that those two should ever mix. That's oil and vinegar. But it was an incredible event uh, that my roommate helped organize with campus ministry. She is not a religious person, but campus ministry is. And so it was so cool to see how these two organizations came together to produce such an incredible thing on campus and something that so totally spoke to both of our identities between Nick and I and it was an amazing experience. I got to interview Father James Martin, who is an incredibly boisterous ally from the Society of Jesus. Uh, he's an incredible ally for the queer community and has two books out now i think about the intersection between faith and queerness and can i just i haven't read the book so i shouldn't really talk but when we say like ally within the catholic church it's not like don't judge them because that's a sin too like let them sin on their like it's not like that like i totally understand if somebody thinks they shouldn't mix and for some people it is oil and vinegar because they just feel so ostracized from the church or or disregarded um and I can talk a little bit about the official Catholic stance. Yes, from of the course, and stuff of course. Down, I just want to say too, like when I say Catholic, when I say I'm Catholic, like faith can mean so many different things to so many different people. And I don't think, 
I don't want to speak for you, but I'll please tell me if I'm correct, and I think I will be. Neither of us, none of us at this table, stand for any of the, just the bullshit in the Catholic Church. I'm just going to be honest. Like, there's a lot of it. And I'm not saying, like, oh, but you can be gay and participate in it. Like, that's not what I'm saying. I don't even go to church regularly, which is, like, I'm not saying it's a good thing or a bad thing. I'm just saying, like, you can be connected and feel connected to your God in your own way. Mm-hmm. So... I just want to put that out there. Absolutely. Nick, I wanted to ask you, because I think when we hear Juliet, when she was just telling her story, you can hear that faith explicitly was a very strong part of kind of like her identity and kind of her coming out story. And you had mentioned that too and how it intersected um, with your journey to coming out and just, I guess, self-realization. I don't want to say coming out, but more so your like, your journey of discovery, I'll say. but what was your experience like when you were kind of on that journey and specifically with faith? Because I know that you said a lot of it happened and it might have happened a lot on this retreat that you were talking about. But after this retreat, how did faith play a role in how did your intersectionality with your faith and your sexual orientation kind of play that role? I'm glad you asked that because it segues perfectly into what I wanted to okay, talk about. But good. I just think like my one regret from college and it was mainly due to like i said this group of kids who was just so nice and then when i went on this retreat i was like oh my god they're like just so awesome and super like when i like i feel like there's sometimes a stigma that like catholic or anything religious conservative and like these were the most liberal people that you will ever meet and it was just great i regretted not participating in campus ministry in high school so i was like i have to do it in college so i did first which is a pre-fall program i'm not even going to get into what it means just i did a pre-fall program with campus ministry at loyola going into my freshman year of college it was like to help integrate you into the college process and you get to move in early you get to, talked about exactly too, the leader yeah. Elise, also queer um very vocal about it at the very beginning let us know that is how she introduced herself she said my name is elise i am I don't know her exact words, but I'm a proud gay Catholic woman with a beautiful wife. Yeah, I just, I thought I need to do this in college. So I did first, and then I got involved as an intern, and it was really a blessing because I was like, I need a job on campus, but going into my sophomore year, but I didn't know I was going to be part of a community. I was like, oh, I'm just an office assistant. Going into training that year, I thought I was literally just going to be at the desk. Like I said to my friend who moved in, I was like, oh, I have training today, but I'm probably going to go in for like an hour. They'll show me the desk and then I'll leave. I don't, it says I'm from nine to five. I have to be there, but I'm sure I won't. I didn't realize I was going into this incredible, incredible community. And that's where I met you. And I just have to say like, you really, I'm not even trying to be cheesy or gay or whatever. (laughs) Um, But I, like, you were really such a comfort for me in campus ministry, like, sophomore year. I'm not even kidding. I was the most oblivious person when it came to, like, who, sexualities. Like, I don't have a good gaydar. Um, so I didn't know until, like, actually, no, you, you would came up, come out at training. But I didn't know you and your partner were, like, even a thing. I was the last person to know. And they, I, they literally had to kiss in front of me. And I was like, oh, my God. They have such strong friendship. Yeah, Yeah. I was going to say, I want to edit that. What you said was like, wow, they're great friends. (laughs) Yeah, no, but I was so shocked. But seriously, you two and to this day, like, show me what, like, a healthy 
queer couple looks like. And just, I'm so happy and proud of you. Happy for and proud of you for, like, going on six years in this relationship that you started when I knew you. Like, I can't believe it's been six years. I feel old. But, (laughs) and I'm younger than you, but, like... I don't know. I just, you really are such a huge inspiration. And we went, so they took me, We I call them moms now. Like, they're like my gay moms. Um, when I got here, they referred to Nick as their son. And I they just said son. And I was very confused <laughs> because I know that Julia does not have children. But so I was like, son. I was like, who am yeah. I missing? Where are the toys? Yeah. Like, um, <laughs> oh, the toys. Um, um, I, I... Yeah, we went to Love, Victor, which is, like, one of my favorite movies. Oh, and I've said this on the show. It's in my top five movies. Love we Simon. went Love, Simon. Thank you. Love, Victor is the, the spin-off the sequel. Or spin-off, but it's a Hulu series. We saw the movie in theaters. It was such a fun night. It was so So gay. fun. It was. And I just <laughs> saw myself in that character. And that's also something that I didn't get in high school. Like, I didn't get a relationship in high school. I'm, I've talked about mourning that on this show. So that was, I, I, but I really, like, I live vicariously through that character, I have to tell you. Julia, you're sitting here, you kind of got emotional as Nick was talking. What? Oh, what just, like, what a sweet man, you know? <laughs> what a kind I mean, no, soul. but. <laughs> I mean, but, no. like, that's the whole reason that, you know, I came out in the first place during mm-hmm. training. Uh, at that point, I had already been out to the general Loyola community for, like, two years, so no one else in the room was surprised about it, especially not the seniors that were in the room. Right. Because they all knew, and they were all my friends. And I wasn't surprised when you said it, because I just met you. We're talking, like, I'm talking about finding out that you and your partner were together. That That's was true. surprised, because I knew both of you. But this is something that you alluded to at the beginning, that coming out is a continuous process that you do, you know, almost every day of your life. That's something that I do at work. I do it with new coworkers immediately. Um, one of the reasons that we have not brought up my partner's name on the podcast is to protect her privacy, particularly as it relates to her career. But at my career, I work at a public company that uh, you know abides by Maryland Constitution, and that you know you're protected under the law from being fired or having your career altered just because of your sexual orientation. So I'm extremely out at work, mm-hmm. not just to my coworkers, but to almost everyone I talk to. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a little bit in part of, you know, working in construction. I don't want anyone to say anything that they will regret after finding out that I'm queer, um, nor do I want them to offer me opportunities that then they don't mean when they find out that I'm queer. Mm. Um, And that has sort of become a really wonderful opportunity for other new hires to come in and say like, oh, there's someone that works here Mm. that's like me. And so I know this is a safe space already. And I know that I can be myself openly at work. And I'm sort of experiencing having a Nick all over again at work right now. And I love that so much. It's one of my favorite things. That's... Being able to to get new friends and to provide that safe space that, you know, I didn't not have when I came out. Right. I just didn't explicitly have. Right. Um, and I'm grateful that you brought up Elise because even if Elise wouldn't openly admit that she's a, a gay Catholic woman in that space, Elise is a visibly queer person. Yes in that space and in most spaces that she enters into. Mm-hmm. And that's something that, um, you know, for people that quote unquote pass, 
is not inherently obvious, you right. know? Right, right. Um, she presents as queer and is very exactly. vocal about it. So I don't want to, I don't want to say like, oh, it's okay for people to make assumptions. She makes it known. Correct. And, and, and that's how she chooses to present herself. I do want to say, we talk about coming out and you have to come out throughout the, you don't have to do anything, but if you decide that you want to come out, you'll most likely have to do it again if you want to continue to be out because you meet new people. That's just how it is. But I do want to hold a huge amount of space for the people that just don't want to come out. That is totally valid. I came out to myself as an 18-year-old or 17-year-old on this retreat. Like, that was when I finally accepted it. And I was like, not only was I accepting of it, but I was like, I love that I'm gay. I love it. Like, I love this. Um, but I didn't tell people. I told a few people, and it was, like, my secret. But it wasn't a secret of, like, I can't be my authentic self. I was my authentic self. I knew that. But it wasn't for everybody to know. This was, like, something that I held that was very special to me. They actually address it in Love, Simon, where it's, like, in the movie, I don't want to spoil too much, but he doesn't have his chance to tell people himself, the main character. Um, that's, you know, you go through a lot as a queer person. So that's one thing you have that's yours. So I really kind of protected it. I didn't even necessarily, like, I pushed this specific episode out a lot because I was like, I don't want to tell people yet. I'm not ready for it to be, like, not mine. It's still mine, of course. But, and I even still am like, oh, I don't really want it to not be mine anymore. But, like, it, it's important to this conversation. Um, and I feel like I would be missing out on participating on something special if I didn't openly discuss it when we were talking with you. So that's why I'm doing it. But I just want to say that like you don't need to, it's not inauthentic to not discuss your sexuality, sexuality or to even if you're not comfortable, like you can, I'm not saying we should be high, like obviously live the way you want to is what I'm saying. It's also, if I might, someone who is you know identifies as straight right and i've mm -hmm. never really questioned my sexuality my sexual orientation you're missing out it's interesting I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding i'm kidding it was horrible for the first like 17 years of my life no, I'm kidding. well i wanted to talk about how it is to hear about you know julie you said you essentially come out every day of your life because you're meeting new people even strangers you know depending on how you outwardly express that part of yourself you might you might get people like wondering hmm, i wonder if they're you know because there's certain stereotypes right for for being gay for being bi for being you know a member of the lgbtq community wherever you might fall along that spectrum and so it's interesting because i've never really thought about it as coming out every single day i thought oh they came out they must feel as nick, nick you were saying they got to be their more authentic self right. you get to be your more authentic self right now that you've come out done that's right. part, that's over. Right. You've come out of the closet and which, you know, my ignorance, but like not everyone knows and you know, that piece. And it's interesting right. because, you know, and we'll get into this in like another episode, but when we talk about intersectionality, right? Like race is something that you can see. Right. Sexual orientation, gender identity is not necessarily something that you can see. So you talk about kind of having ownership of being able to like tell people or not tell people right and that's a privilege for me that is a privilege that i can right i i mean some people say i can't hide it but like this is a joke i'm not gonna just disclaimer do not say to people oh i knew 
unless they ask you, unless you say, like, did you know or did you have an in- inkling? Because to be, that's the other thing. If you heard from someone, this is, I'm actually very serious about this. If you heard from someone that so-and-so is gay, I firmly believe you do not know until they tell you. Personally. I agree. Yeah. Until they tell you personally. personally. You can hear yeah. whatever you want. But unless they tell you personally or you read it like from them if they post about it or something, you don't know. Sure. So don't go around saying, oh, I knew. But when I've asked people, how, did, like, did you know? The joke is that my iPad background in high school was Lady Gaga. So, like. Oh, honey. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> they're like, so that's how I knew. But, like, I thought I was doing a pretty good job. Like, it was easier. And it, it was a little bit easier because we were all dressing the same. We were all, like, I wasn't, like, I feel like I live more authentically now as myself. But like I sure. said, if I were to, I do keep it from some people. There are some people I don't tell, and I don't see that as an authentic. It's just like that's it's my, it's my authenticity. I love the idea of holding your queerness as like this is something that's sacred. To it's me. very special. You know, that's to me. that's a beautiful way to look at it's, it. It's yeah, that. it really it is super special to me, and it's just in those moments, like the the retreat. Falling in love with someone for the first time, meeting other people like you, you know, in it's just that's the specialness of it. Even the like, I love Pride Month. I understand like, and I want to reiterate too, like, you know, corporate pride. A lot of a lot of companies will slap a rainbow on something. That was the joke I made earlier. As you know, we're serious about it because we're not doing that in our marketing. But um, I love seeing in June all of the rainbow stuff. Like and. You know, we want to support as best we can the companies that are actually allies. Um, But I'm just saying, like, from a very non, I don't know, not not non-queer point of view. But I just, I love all the rainbows in June. It's so fun. And we, we do have to remember that the whole reason we have Pride is because queer black folks along, long before us, although not that long before us, that's the other thing. Like, this is still ongoing, fought back against police brutality and homophobia and queerphobia and transphobia. In New York at Stonewall. Yes. yes. What was a Stonewall? lot of them. What's Stonewall Inn. Yes. Stonewall a lot Stonewall of them Inn. people, yeah. trans people of color and queer people of color. So right. those, and that's, I want to just say this too, not to be like the educator by any means, because I'm very ignorant in a lot of ways about this. And there's always more learning that we can do. Um, that's why the flag on the progress flag has the black and brown stripe as well as the trans colors, which are the light, the light blue, light pink and white. They also, I like to think that the reason that they're the arrow I don't know if you've seen the most recent Progress Pride flag, but it's got like a arrow of those colors, colors and then there's the rainbow. And I like to think of that as because they were the founders of the movement. So I think that, I don't know if that's actually the case, but that's, you know. And there's also intersex in there now too. Someone put that. There is the, um, yes. it's the yellow with the purple circle. Yes. Um, and that like is the triangle before the Progress yes. arrow. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Um, but yeah, the, I guess basically the point I was making is just, it's something that, Sexual orientation, gender identity is something that maybe necessarily isn't exhibited outwardly. If I mean, again, it can be, it doesn't have to be. It's not, I guess, like race is something that's like, okay, it's on your face. It's mm-hmm. right on your face. Right. Sometimes. Um, I feel like sometimes, sometimes it's, it's, it's right. there's, and there's so, a privilege of being able absolutely. to... For it to sometimes for it to be ambiguous for Absolutely. some people, but right. it's but, more often than not. Right. And my point of like just reiterating that you kind of 
I was able to hide trying it. to take ownership. I was of able it, to to disguise know, it when and, I wanted and to. And it's easier for others than it is yeah. um, for it. But I wanted to pivot into a question because you brought up Pride Month and we talked about it at the beginning of the episode. And mm-hmm. I think I'll go to Julia first. What is the significance of Pride Month for you? Ooh, that's a great question. <laughs> I think for me, it's it's a great celebration to me that. I'm queer 365, but in June, I get to be extra dazzling. <laughs> I get to be extra celebratory. You can find queer clothes all year round, but they really make it easy to walk into a Target. I was going to say, <laughs> I was going to say, and in June, they just really get super ugly. <laughs> like, oh, they I'm really kidding. do. There's this full blast on Target. There's this jumpsuit. That is an extremely dark green that makes you look like a mechanic. And one of my friends who identifies as straight wants it so bad because she thinks it's so cute. And it's like, that's beautiful and wonderful. And I love mm-hmm. that for you, but please don't. <laughs> um, I need the I... live, laugh, laugh, lesbian shirt. I'm just... I, I would love to see that on you. I really I think would. think we need it. Uh, but I, I think that it's also that you get to see other people be visible which is really great you know we talk about this sort of invisibility and Mm -hmm. people that don't talk about their queerness as much in public or online really ramp it up in june and and that's great to see um i always remember the the uprising in new york when every time this time of year and i love the power that it puts into people Mm -hmm. as well you know i love having parties, I love doing the praise, and I love celebrating, but remembering our roots and the power that we hold is exhilarating. Mm -hmm. There's a reason for the celebration. Yeah. And it's a continued fight, too. We're not celebrating that, oh, it's over, it's done. Right. There's still a lot, and that's why we we get out there and we celebrate, and we live our authentic selves the way we want to. What about you, Nick? What's the significance of, of Pride Month for you? celebration yeah it really is celebration and a celebration of the progress we have made there's a lot of legislation right now i am not a historian i am not a politics buff per se you know more than i do but there's a lot of legislation around anti-gay anti-trans there's just all of it although i will say the drag ban in tennessee i don't know if anybody saw deemed unconstitutional by a Trump-appointed federal judge, judge, Mm -hmm. which is kind of just hysterical. Delicious. Right? Right? But to me, it is a celebration of who you are. And for myself specifically, like the way I celebrate it, I like to think of it as it's a celebration of something that I really, really love about myself that I find very special. I don't want to make this about Lady Gaga, but she is very much tied into my journey Look up, this is all I'm going to say, look up her activism around Don't Ask, Don't Tell. You might read something about the meat dress, but look it up. I'm fully serious. It's pretty incredible what she did. But anyways, back to, back to our, our original scheduled programming. <laughs> you asked how I celebrate, but, that is, but that's the truth. That's how I celebrate. Right, so how about the significance for you. Yes, and also um, giving back to... Like, I, I, that's another way I like to celebrate. Like, giving back to queer artists, finding 
queer small businesses. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. not going to lie. I don't have a lot of money right now. But when I do, like, especially my friends, and we're going to have two of them on the show um, next week who are both artists, great artists. And one of them is d- doing a commissioned piece for me. I'm so excited. And I'm so excited to share their page and promote them because they're just really cool. Incredible. Yeah, but that's another way I like to do it. <laughs> I love it has this giant water bottle. I love this as someone who is love an that. advocate for hydration. It's all around too. So I love that. I keep hearing and a little axolotl with a pride I flag. love that. Wow, that's fantastic. I didn't even know it was there. That's fantastic. Um, we kept alluding to kind of talking about, and as we have been throughout the episode, but alluding to how faith is just as important to us, um, you know, and how faith spaces, specifically Catholic faith spaces that we all identify with, um, their view, their perspective on homosexuality, the LGBTQ community. And so I'm not going to read straight from the catechism. Did I read it before this episode to just brush up on it? Sure. Um, But essentially the Catholic Church's stance is that, as we said earlier, LGBTQ people are made in the image and likeness of God. They are part of the communion of church. Church calls LGBTQ individuals to um, the community, and you know that's that's extremely important. And denounces any type of discrimination, disrespect. Just speaking colloquially, right? That's the catechism. That's the catechism. The that's catechism not the that's different that's branches that then like right. to interpret it loosely that's the catechism and that's that's not that's i think what you're referring to is that's not me taking a version of scripture and putting my own twist on right because i think right. a lot of times that happens in the catholic community is one translation or another says something in this part of the bible and then people weaponize it so that's not what i'm talking about i'm talking this is what the catechism says catechism also says that lgbtq individuals are called to live chaste lives meaning that Marriage is meant for it to be between a man and a woman. And <laughs> anyways, anyways. And, and and basically what that's saying is that physical intimacy is also reserved between um, spouses, <laughs> man and woman. Anyway. So that's what the Catholic Church believes. I hear that and I say, I hear basically the Catholic Church's stance is that marriage is reserved for men and women, but any type of discrimination against LGBTQ members is not okay. Do I necessarily believe in everything that the Catholic Church believes in this respect? I'll say no, but I just want to make it clear and put it out there what the Vatican says, what the Catechism says. For those of you who don't know, too, the Catechism is essentially like the rule book of, of how do you how are you a Catholic? You follow these, what the Catechism says. It's like, you know, a lot of people you learn in CCD, the Ten Commandments, that's how you're Catholic. Mm-hmm. The Catechism is really, in today's world, how you're Catholic. So with that, with when hearing that, Julia, I'll go to you first. What are your reactions? You were kind of nodding along as I was I was kind of explaining for our audience what the church believes, but Yeah, because I couldn't wholeheartedly reaction? agree more. Marriage is between a man and a woman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I uh I think I'm not all along just because like, oh yeah, like yes, these are these are the facts, these yeah. are the the rule book. Right. This is, I also tried know. to present it very matter of factly. Yeah, very much not, so. Yeah. To the yeah. point that it made it sound like you're like, I just want to like Justin is a huge ally. I just want to like reiterate <laughs> this. He's Thanks. reading from a screen. 
Okay, I'll take it. Justin is a huge ally. I love that. No. Oh, what's the pace? You uh, the, earlier when you were setting up the mic, you were like, "He likes me to keep it straight." He likes me to keep it straight. If you've listened to our episodes this year, we're playing a little game of copy and paste. Um, but oh, anyways, too perfect. That was too good. That was too good. I just want to reiterate that you're a huge ally and that you're not. Yeah. And yeah, but continue. Uh, so I. I think it's just because, like, yeah, these are the rules. Like, that's what is in black and white for the Catholic Church. And uh, that's totally cute and super cool. Right. Um, And I also just, I think for me, I recognize that those are man-made rules. You know, Mm -hmm. that's not God's word inherently. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important to also recognize that, like, not only is Catholicism my faith, but in this room that we're in right now, we have a cross over there. We have a saint statue over there. Sunday Palm is over there. We have three other crosses in the rooms back there and two Jesus icons above each door here. So, like, religion is very deeply set into yeah. my life and the life that I've built with my partner. So I don't by any means knock the traditions and the setup that comes with every part of the Catholic faith but I also recognize when things are man-made mm-hmm. and that rules that are man-made develop and evolve over time. And I'm so looking forward to the day when that does change. Because, mm-hmm. you know, we have to remember that indulgences was also super part of the Catholic yeah. Church way long ago. Right. And mm-hmm. we don't like that anymore. Mm-hmm. So... For those who don't know, indulgences were paying your way to heaven. So if you yes. sinned, you would pay your local parish, you'd pay your local priest money to make up for the sin. Yeah. And yeah. we simply don't, well, we don't at least call them indulgences anymore, yeah. you know? So yeah. <laughs> we want to get political with that. But, um, you know, that's simply not part of the rule book anymore. Sure. And so I think that there will come a time, whether I see it in my lifetime or not, that that is evolved out as we know our fellow man better as we know god better and as we grow all together as the church Mm -hmm. uh but for right now those are the rules and that just means that when i envision my wedding it's going to be different than i had envisioned it my whole life Mm. uh and that gives me a little bit of freedom that is neat but it also gives me a little bit of sadness that Mm -hmm. my relationship that started so centered in faith and in Catholic religion won't be celebrated as it reaches one of its pinnacle milestones, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Celebrated by the people who uphold the religion, mm-hmm. which is, I just, that's my interpretation of what you're saying. Cause it's interesting. It's like it started in faith and now the people that really gatekeep this faith in a way, not to use like a modern word word. If, are, if I might push back against that too, though. Something that I read, and actually Father Martin wrote this article that I'm referring to, and we can include in the description of the episode. Each individual is part of the body of the church, but doesn't necessarily, even the priest, bishop, whoever, even the pope, isn't necessarily, well, I guess the pope is kind of representative of the institutional church, but that individual is not necessarily representative of like the institutional church. And so that was something that Father Martin wrote in this article was that if, there's, you know, say you're going to a, a, a liturgy and the priest is preaching, you know, homophobic information. Mm-hmm. That person, despite them having authority in the church, does not necessarily speak on behalf of the church. And so, you know, there are members of the Catholic Church that that 
I guess, as you said, are gatekeeping the, the faith yes. um, and saying that this is right and this is wrong. Right. But then there are also people like us sitting at this table who are part of that same body who are saying, well, of course, you know, though I too. do want do yeah. you want to. Yeah. yeah. I, so yeah. I guess that I'm curious if we look at it from like a like a sports team. Like, sure. um Well, we're in Baltimore. So <laughs> Lamar Jackson talking about uh, the way that the Baltimore Ravens treated him. Does that it feels like that then reflects poorly back on the Ravens. Bring it out there that I'm not a Ravens fan, so I can't necessarily speak <laughs> for them. But bias disclosed. So, it, <laughs> bias disclosed. so I still think that like when uh, a priest, while they're speaking out of sure. their own term, yeah. that definitely reflects back on the church anyway because they're part of the team. Right. Absolutely, it does. I think it was just interesting to to read that because you know I had my own criticisms of the of the article as well, but interesting to just kind of hear that you know people can speak on behalf of their faith but also not every we're all not spokespeople for it um so yeah like having that kind of dialogue i think is important anyway well i just wanted to point out too the massive hypocrisy in the catechism that we just read that says you cannot i didn't read it I just want to paraphrase it. He paraphrased, paraphrased it. it. Okay. I don't want people okay. to be like, oh, I don't know what catechism he's, <laughs> he's reading. reading from. He's, um, where's this citation here? <laughs> all right, please turn to Do 31. Um, <laughs> the book of Deuteronomy. Yeah, Deuteronomy. <laughs> um, no, just the hypocrisy of you can't get married. You're, you shouldn't get married in the Catholic Church if you're gay. Like, you should be chaste you can't discriminate against LGBTQ people. Hmm. It's literally like, so what? So only the church can? Like, what? what <laughs> is that? Because that's not equality. I would also love to point out, and Justin, with your knowledge, feel free to step in and correct me here, um, but it, the church calls should be chase it, the segment of your life as well. So if you're a single person, True. it asks you to be chased as a single person, which right. is like, you know, not having premarital sex and yada, yada, yada. Right. So... That's also where it comes in that, you know, one could argue like, oh, well, then just don't get married. It's like, well, yeah, but that's still not, by these definitions, I'm still not, quote unquote, being chased to my status, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and that's, that's tough. Yeah. The, the placement, too, in the catechism of where it is is really interesting, too, because it talks about pornography, fornication, rape. And then homosexuality. So it's like the placement of where it is in the catechism is very interesting too, because it comes after all those things. And you know, we talk about what you were saying, like fornication refers to being sexually intimate before marriage. And it says, you know Not fornication. Yeah, it's like so it's it's very interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh even guests now are bring alluding back to the S. Um but that's very interesting too, and and you know I don't know if we want to talk about this, so I'll just mention it briefly. But do it. I know. When we talk about Pride Month and when oftentimes when people think about the LGBTQ community, oftentimes I feel as a straight cisgender male that LGBTQ issues are talked about sexually almost immediately. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys have anything you, you want to share on that piece or but even the placement within within the catechism it comes right after it talks about the rules governing masturbation the rules governing pornography not masturbation the rules governing copy um Um, (laughs) like fornication all those things so um 
you know, I'm curious on what your thoughts are on that. I, well, in a way I see why that's the case, because sexuality, like, is, you know, it's, it's... Who you're physically, who you're attracted, physically to attracted, to. attracted yeah. to and um, attracted to, which contains physical yes. attraction. Physical yes. attraction. Okay. Yes. Um, also, I'm just, this is for a different episode, but we have to call it out in this episode. Like, let's talk about the one that comes before that, rape. How many... And that comes immediately before. It, yeah, which is also which is... really, really interesting, considering what has the Catholic Church been covering up for years and years and years and years of children. Exactly. Yeah. I'm not trying to make a joke. I'm no. literally like, this is... If I, if we want to talk about a plank in our eye for those yeah. who are religious and understand that. I think that that will probably hit really hard for y'all because you're from Boston. Yeah. So I'm sure that's going to be and you much went to more... BCI. My <laughs> own school was in Spotlight. the movie Spotlight. No. Yes. From years, not when I say years, it wasn't that that long ago, but, but yeah, or and it takes place like there's a scene of Rachel McAdams walking up the like she goes into the school and then it's not our school right because it was a movie set but the stairs of the actual school so yeah and that's there and the school does talk about it they were open about it I mean first of all they had to be even right. if they didn't want to they had to. Because it was a movie, right. was, you know. I think you know, to kind of push that point further about um, having the LGBT plus community being extremely sexualized, I think that happens a lot as a bisexual woman. Women in general are sexualized like crazy. That's not groundbreaking mm-hmm. for anybody to hear. Mm-hmm. But bisexual women, especially, um, not just because not just in like pornography, but also you know. Anytime you kind of bring it up, I, I hesitate to use the word a lot because of those connotations, you know? I'm also super gay. I'm watching The Ultimatum Queer Love right now. And What is that? Uh, the Ultimatum is a reality show. Okay. You get The Ultimatum, Marry Me or Break Up. And okay. they have like, I think it's, I don't know, three seasons of heterosexual couples. And this one is The Queer Love. Okay. So everyone on the show could be paired with anyone. Okay. And the first episode... I think it's because it's uh, a queer couple. They show like like a really risque scene of them together, and it's not like the little nest camera in the quarter in the bedroom. It's like a full camera crew. The nest camera. From... <laughs> so it's very <laughs> sponsor us. Yeah. <laughs> There's no boundaries when it comes to sexualizing queer love. I think, and mm-hmm. um, I think that's where you get anti-queer and anti-trans kids laws from too is that people are so afraid of kids being sexual it's like well you're only bringing up sex stuff because it's because it's queer queer you know yeah honestly i think i think about women first when i think sexualization because it's so talked about Mm -hmm. um now still needs to be talked about more but you know i just am affirming what you said and also bringing in my identity So we did Julia coming out, queer in college, campus men, Faith, Justin. <laughs> what else? Final yes. thoughts? Um, not masturbation. <laughs> well, 
I'm uh, and I drank Coke. That was the other thing. And what did you drink, Justin? Paste. I had a a little splash of urine. Perfect. (laughs) Perfect. 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 Wow, we're we're completely discombobulated now. Do Um, you have anything that you want to share as as someone who's not on the show every week? Um, Bring it back next week. Yes. (laughs) Two club. Yeah, yeah, the point of two. two. Yes, we can also call it point of duh. Two in French. French. We'll stick to point of... No, Oh, yeah, Folly of Duh, yeah. No, I took French before that movie. Okay. But we'll stick to point of two. I like it better. Right, right, right. (laughs) Level uh, straight stick Spanish. I think that <laughs> stop under Spanish. How dare you? <laughs> she dabbles in French. Oh my gosh, we're offending cultures now. Here Not offending go. cultures. <laughs> Just entire language um, cultures and speeches. I think the the last thing that I want to point out is that uh, I have been incredibly blessed and privileged to have my relationship with my queerness and my faith, and that is not the norm. That is most definitely the story that you just never hear about. Mm -hmm. But my experiences and my partnership have been centered in my faith and centered in the Catholic Church. And I have been extremely grateful for the growth and the opportunities I've gotten to have through that. I am going to hold that in my heart forever. So it's been a wonderful time getting to talk to people about it, getting to talk to both both of you about it specifically that you are both Catholics and knowing that you have this Catholic experience with me is wonderful. I also feel just very blessed to have shared that with you in the first place, you know? Of course. No, I feel similarly. Honestly, it's a very special thing to talk about. This is a very special episode for me. My, my final thought is there are many people that leave the Catholic Church, right? For, for good reason and for justified right reason, to be honest with you. They feel they're not welcome and they get that message out of... Let's know, say that's... valid. Ooh. Valid. Because I don't want to say right or wrong. Like, the decisions okay. would say, like, okay. valid, All right. valid I'll in say... terms of their experiences. Okay, all right, I'll say that. that um, work? That works for me. And there are also people that stick around knowing that there's, you know, some... some um, a lot of work to do, so even some corruption. Mm-hmm. And I, I that word I do stick by. Mm-hmm. Um and you and and they continue to stay there because there's work to be done and both routes and it's not just one or the other there are many others are valid and and good yeah yeah and i do use that word intentionally yeah i think so so. yeah um no yeah i've enjoyed this conversation i think you know just listening to both of your stories and what you what you bring to the, the table and your journeys and things like that that's i love that's kind of why we do the podcast too. I love listening to other people's stories and, and hearing those things. I feel like being like, oh, I, t- I tell stories is such a cheesy thing that people say. <laughs> I do. But I'm, like, a story I'm a storyteller. Story I don't know. But, you know, um, no, I really enjoyed this episode. I really enjoyed this conversation. Again, given my own identities and things like that, just reflection and my own, my own privilege and, and ignorances and things like that. So, Thanks for Julia for coming on to the show and really appreciate it. and being a, a, a regular listener. This is yes. like fantastic. Always so honored when when people that I haven't spoken to like weekly or daily or like know what's going on in our lives because people they feel like they've to the talked show. to us regularly. I know but we don't talk to other no, people. No, I've absolutely said that to Nick on the phone that I'm like she I has. know I'm caught up on what you're doing. <laughs> 
I, uh, I want to expose you really quick because Do on it. your outro it says thank guest if necessary. Oh, it's and necessary. I know, I know that it means like if you have a guest that week, but it sounds like if they did <laughs> so a good, good job, job. Some you of our guests like, don't need the thanks. That's really funny. I never. That is about funny. That. that is funny. All right. My name is Nick Gervasi. And I'm Justin Duke. You can reach us at our email, pointofdewpodcast at gmail.com and on our socials, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at pointofdewpodcast and Twitter at pointofdew. If you enjoy our show, please make sure to follow the podcast and give us a rating or review wherever you get your podcasts or share us with a friend or family member. We really appreciate it and are truly grateful for your support. As always, we hope you have a great two weeks. Thank you for listening. You're worthy of a thank you as well, Julia. Thank you for doing such a great job. And until next time, let's all say it. H. Oh, wow.